It's beautiful. I, I was just calling out Josh Allen being a magician. Chris Angel is where I was going with uh, in comparison. Uh, a good-looking guy who can do it all in terms of close-up or um, uh, more spectacular feats in the same way Josh Allen can do it with his feet or do it with his arm. Brian, I was going to come to you to break down this game and give us your thoughts on, uh, uh, you know, Josh Allen's performance, but also obviously Justin Fields, who can definitely do it with his feet, maybe less proven still with his arm. Sub-zero temperatures, wind chills, and gusts of up to 40 miles an hour are the uh, forecast for this game. It's going to be a common theme throughout the course of this weekend. Um Look, I am, I do like Justin Fields. I probably come across as I don't. I, I did say on the show on Monday that he only threw for 91 yards last weekend. I'm just making the point. Can't continue running the guy. He'll get injured. Look at Lamar Jackson at the moment. He can't continue to stay healthy every year. And a lot of that's down to the fact that he's a running quarterback. They need to find players and allow him. And they need to find an offensive line. Because Colin rightly called out on Monday. You know, there's a couple of statues in front of him there, which isn't helping the situation. It'll be helped this weekend by Khalil Her- Herbert coming back. He's a really significant running back for him. I know Montgomery gets a lot of, the, lot of the talk, but when he's played this season, they were averaging 31 points. The drop-off since he was out injured, 18 points a game. He's a big player. He will relieve the pressure on this Bears team, I think. And in a game where the weather will be so adverse and the throwing conditions might be difficult for both quarterbacks, even, even Josh Allen in this instance, it'll be great to have a two-headed monster the Bears can rely on to run to go up and down the field. Every game which the Bears have played at home, uh, with the exception of one game this season, they've kept it within a score. They have played really well. But unfortunately, keep coming out of, the, of the, the wrong side of the results, which Bears fans are probably liking at the moment because they want that second pick come April. For the Bills, it's continuous. They are. They have played in difficult weather recently. We saw that in the Jets game. We saw last Saturday. I felt they got away with one last Saturday against the, against the uh, Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins were the better team and more deserving of the, of the result on the night. But uh, the Bills have to win to maintain this Number one seed, I'm going to go with the Bears to cause an upset in this game. I think the Bears have been playing really well um, at home. They've been, like even last week's game, the Eagles didn't play to the standard we've seen and they, they held their own. And if teams could have went a different way, I think the Bears are due a bit of luck. We saw in week one when they played the 49ers, who are arguably the second best team in the NFC. It was, the weather was terrible, miserable, heavy rain. They found a way to win. In a game where difficult conditions this weekend, I just have a a sneak that the Bears are going to call a shot. Colm called out last week, I believe, that we all just assume these teams are going to beat these teams, you know, in terms of who's going to be the AFC 1-2 seed. We saw the Chiefs last week nearly get turned over. We saw the week before with the Texans and the Cowboys. So why not? I think the Bears will put up a performance and win this game on Sunday. Big shock. Uh, little little Tim coming with the Christmas miracle, uh, courtesy of Brian O'Leary there. Um, Christmas Carol, uh, coming to fruition column are you equally in the christmas spirit towards the city of chicago um i'm i'm a big uh, fan of justin fields and i think this is where mr o'leary and i disagree i think pocket passers can get just as injured ryan Tannehill, uh, his season is over uh kenny pickett uh, Colt McCoy. Uh, Colt McCoy is not a, a Russian QB. Some people may question why Colt is still uh, in the league at this point, but Colt is now out. I, I think that injuries can can happen, um, uh, and I think as as long as Fields can continue to do that, let's enjoy watching it because it was phenomenal. That uh, touchdown that 
ultimately got called back last week because he stepped out of bounds was one of the more uh, kind of scintillating runs and one of the most exciting moments of the, the day. And we've said it repeatedly. For the Bears, uh, it was all about finding out, uh, you know, was he the guy? Yes, he's the guy. Scoring points and then putting the, the pieces around him. The Brennan is, I mean, I, I don't think it'd be a, an enormous shock because the Bears have been doing well. They traditionally do well in cold weather games. And their um, current head coach played in one of the coldest games, I think, when the Cowboys went there in 2013. I talked about that this week. Uh, so to me, um, though, the, the Bills, Josh Allen is on a mission. And he just seems to, you know, want to, to right the wrongs of la, uh, last year uh, and even sometimes sometimes his, his own play. Now, the elbow injury, and uh, I talked to Catherine Fitzpatrick, who co- or Fitzpatrick, Fitzgerald, uh, who covers the, the Bills earlier this week, and Alan was uh, limited for the first time uh, earlier this week. So that is something to, to keep an eye on. And certainly losing Von Miller, I think, is is an enormous loss, not just because everyone knows about Von as a pass rusher, and ultimately that's why he gets paid, and that's why he'll go into the hole. Uh, but Von sets the edge, and Von is an incredible run defender also. He can do it all. And I think losing Von has taken that. they You've been able to, to run over them in, in ways that you couldn't previously. I just don't think the, the Bears have what, the Dolphins had, but I do think that the Bills, you know, come the the playoffs, that that would be a concern, uh, both their ability to run the ball and their ability to defend the run. I I think they will have enough. I'm going to say that the the Bills uh, get the the victory, but I I think this will probably be maybe closer than some people expect, and I think lower scoring than maybe people expect. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a sort of a kind of a 14-11 type game. Well, count me most people then, because I don't think it's going to be close, and I don't think the Bears are going to win either. Um, is the stupefy spell been applied to Brian O'Leary? The Bills are on a five-game winning streak. The Bears do not have a win in their last seven games. And I say that, that some of that is relevant because the Bills are what we call a good team. The Bill, the Bears are what we call a bad team. And yes, they have shown green shoots. It has been fantastic to see them use Justin Fields correctly. I actually agree with some of their moves in the trades they've done that they were criticized for in terms of trying to build it up, but it's building it up for the future. And of course, uh, the new team there needs a bit more time to be able to build that up. They need to build up at the lines more significantly. And Colin, your points about Von Miller are absolutely relevant. I mean, how he sets the edge is critical uh, and what he's performed on during the years and is very relevant. But Let's face it, the next layer of that Bills defense, and don't get me wrong, they want people to get healthy. They've been suffering with injuries on the defense all season long, and they've still been at a reasonably high level. So they can take it up another notch. Is Justin Fields a threat? Of course he is. Do I, however, expect the Bills to win this by more than one score? Absolutely. 
in relation to it. And we talked a little bit about teams with something on the line. As you'll see at the bottom of your screen, like the Bills will clinch the AFC East uh, with a win and a Dolphins loss versus the Packers. Yeah, not so sure about the second part of that. But they do have clinching potential. And Brian, you rightly called out. They want to keep winning to keep that advantage in that number one seed with that very precious single buy that exists over the Kansas City Chiefs um, with the tiebreaker that they currently hold, of course. So count me in on the Bills. We have a 2-1 split. Um, Brian, lone wolf on it for the Bears. Bears fans will, you know, sing your praises. Uh, heaven in the highest. Uh, we're coming into the Christmas season. Yeah, we we should have done favorite Christmas songs as well, guys. So I want to hear I want to hear some of them. If you can work in Last Christmas in any way, uh, for example, or All I Want for Christmas is You, um, you get a thousand Irish NFL points. Um, challenge to people with their comments as well. Any comments with a decent Christmas song or pun will definitely guaranteed get read out. So, and we'll come to your comments in, in just a moment. We're going to cover one more game and it's the second part of the magician series. If you like, this one's the Seahawks at the chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, the David Copperfield of the NFL, if you will, no one does it bigger or grander or more robustious than Patrick Mahomes, left-handed, underhanded, no looking. Um, there quite simply is no spectacle that he will not uh, try to achieve and get over. Um, Gino Smith, I mentioned earlier about potential comeback player of the year. Brian, you might touch on that in due course, but the Seahawks have been sliding. This would be an upset if they can put it off, but I think it's fair to say, Colm, that the Chiefs, they've been stuttering of late, although I did get, when I say the Seahawks might pull off an upset. I'm making it sound like it's a tight line. A friend of mine who's a Seahawks fan uh, got the Seahawks plus 15 and a half points earlier in the week. So basically, I don't know if the line's there at the moment. That's what he got in the US. Um, basically, Colm, I know you love gambling so much. If the Seahawks lost by 15 points or less, he wins his bet. They would have to lose by 16 points or more. For him to lose his bet that seems like a very high line but you can talk about your love of gambling if you like column or you can talk about the game your choice i'll give you the option mate it's christmas after all there i finally are finally off uh mute it wouldn't uh, wouldn't click in for me um this one is a very um like it's it, it, Andy Reid going up against Pete Carroll uh two uh kind of legendary uh coaches and I've already um, made my uh, apologies to Pete about he got it right about Russ etc etc though I did see a, a video uh, earlier today which summed up uh Pete Carroll it was uh from I don't know if anyone out there has seen it but a video from 1992 Way back when he was uh, de the defensive coordinator uh, for the Jets, and in a game against the Dolphins, um, the Dolphins kicker Stoyankovic missed uh, with two minutes to go, and Pete is loving it on the sideline, making the choke symbol and absolutely laughing it up. Unfortunately, there was still enough time left uh, for the Dolphins to 
kick the winning field goal and win by two points. So Pete has always been Pete and nothing uh, will ever change. Uh, I, I, the, look, the, for the uh, Chiefs, the, there are huge issues on the defense. I really, really think that, that they have to get things sorted out to, to go deep in the playoffs. Um, but they have Andy Reid and they have Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, despite, you know, yeah, he has Kelsey. Um, but his wide receivers, I mean, MVS, really, would you would you say he's ju- juju? Uh, they're, they're not reliable. And yet Patrick Mahomes is the most passing yards in the entirety of the NFL. Um, the, the, ish, the biggest issue, I think, for the Chiefs are the defense and complacency. Uh, because they really have an awful tendency to switch off uh, when things are uh, too, you know, um, they feel that it's it's too easy or they've underestimated an opponent. I think a couple of um, kind of near misses um, should wake them up and they should uh, win. But if they play it, it at all like they played against the Broncos or the Seahawks, Pete Carroll or the Texans, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks will be nowhere near as forgiving and they will take advantage of it. And uh, it could be where we finally see Kenneth Walker, who started off so brightly, had a mini slump. Maybe this is a game where he finds form, but I'm going to I'm going to go with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Colin rightly calls out the struggles of this Chiefs defense we've seen over the past few weeks in Denver, last week with the Texans. I think there's a big bonus for them is the fact that Tyler Lockett is out. He's had an operation on his wrist. Uh, he's ruled out. Not sure when he's coming back. Um, that's a big loss because in a way then their wide receiver core becomes a little bit one-dimensional. Um, Godwin, uh, he, he's been around the league. He, he had a reasonably good start to see and he's kind of tailed off a little bit. So they're very much relying on Metcalf. He's had 79 catches for six touchdowns this year. He's their marquee wide receiver. But in a position where he essentially is the main man now and the Chiefs know they can you know, do they double team him? What's the alternative? They got two tight ends in Fant and Disley, who again have started the season well, but they've kind of regressed. And Fant is still playing reasonably well. I struggle to see how this Chiefs team can put up. Bearing in mind how this uh, defense for the Seahawks has been playing recently, where we saw it in the game in Carolina, we saw it last weekend in the game um, against sorry against the 49ers on Thursday night, and how Brock Purdy went up and down the field at times on them. I can't see how they can continue, you know, put up the points they only need to, to beat the Chiefs. And one bright spot for the Chiefs over the past few weeks, despite the struggles, is the run game. The rookie running back really starting to settle down, having good games. And, and McKinnon, who's always there, doesn't get a lot of the, the coverage. He's had some really good, strong games of late. So on McCollum, the Chiefs win this game to go to 12 wins, which would be the fifth time, fifth straight year. It's the third longest um, toward longest in the NFL history, it's it's significant, and Kelsey needs five five catches to have eight hundred catches in his career. I imagine come the end of this game, he will have found those five catches, possibly even a couple of touchdowns. So I think the Chiefs will win this game. I think this is going to be one of the more comfortable wins that we've seen this weekend. Bearing in mind how the Chiefs have played recently, I think we'll rebound this weekend. Yeah, uh, their rookie Pacheco which is just such a cool name, I think. I mean, it feels like he should be scoring the winning goal for Mexico or Argentina in a soccer game, but like, I can just see the call of him running him for a touchdown. And Pacheco, it's, it's great. But, it's great. But, it's, but, but the bubbly, no? 
bottle of bubbly? Really? Oh, yeah, okay, I'll go there. But, or carver, at least. Sparkling carver, we'll give you that. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I love... I don't think the line should be where my friend apparently got the odds on, um, but it is difficult to see. The Seahawks have definitely been struggling the last while, but Colin, you rightly called out the Chiefs' performance the last few weeks in some games they should win has not been great. I am backing them, however, to right the ship a little bit more. They've been too consistent and too good, not just in other seasons, but in this season, to let that linger and continue. Um, and look, a home game against the 29th ranked defense in the league, 29th in scoring, 29th overall in years allowed, uh, yards allowed for the number one ranked offense in yards scored, in passing offense, in points scored. Like this should be the mismatch it is suggesting um, in relation to uh, the, the performance. And do you know what? If the sea, if this was the Seahawks of earlier in the season, I think I'd have a little bit more pause and a bit more uh, caution in relation to it. And the Seahawks cornerbacks have played well, but the last few weeks there's been a bit of a decline. I'm backing the bu- uh, the Bucks, the Chiefs more to right the ship, much more so than the Seahawks will right the ship. Um, so I will go with the uh, Chiefs. Jesus Christ. Then he said Seahawks there at the end, just to confuse people. Uh, I will go with the Chiefs this weekend to continue their reign. And like you say, Brian, they're setting new records left, right, and center. The seven division titles nearly uh, mirroring the Los Angeles Rams and only behind the uh, New England Patriots for consecutive division titles. And this week, obviously, the 12 wins in a row going up. Uh, I think the Colts and the Pats are the two that are ahead of them. So... That will be good. And of course, Mark, 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 there with that comment, you were just referring to the fact that it is uh, Jesus's birthday on Sunday, and that that listeners is what Mark was referring to. Okay, what did I? Say? I don't even know what I said. There, Okay, I'm going to listen back to this and then wonder and worry. Um, but uh, in, in the meantime, Brian. Uh, Colin in there with the Christmas reference. Any Christmas um, connotations coming in in the comments? I knew when you asked for this to be one man that would be immediately jumping in, and lo and behold, he hasn't let us down. Fred, driving home from Dallas. <laughs> It'll be a long drive for Fred driving home from Dallas to get here. He might want to hop on a plane as well. Um, one referring to comeback player of the year, um, Owen Horney called it out, uh, Goff potentially in the running. For comeback priority, you touched on McCaffrey. We might even have a, a brief conversation about the end. Yeah, I, um, I mentioned I mentioned golf earlier on um, as an option in that. I think it's going to be hard to look past Geno Smith because they tend to give it to people who are coming back more from serious injuries. But absolutely, I, I think he should be in the running. Yeah. We'll just see if any more Christmas referrals come in. Um, Fairy Tale in New York will be in there, bear in mind the, uh, the season in which the Giants are having. And obviously, I think that's the next game, Mark. I'll, I'll hand it off to you there. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, Brian. Um, the the Christmas miracles. It's not the Christmas miracles. It's the yearly miracles have been going around uh, in this regard. We haven't had to wait for Christmas because the Giants have come back to life, Brian. Um, uh, they have truly risen. I know that's an Easter reference. Risen from the dead after three days. They've risen this year under the new leadership being driven by Joe Schoen and Brian Dayball. And only recently, the Vikings participated in the greatest 
sorry, let me correct myself, the largest miracle comeback of all time. The greatest, of course, was the Patriots in a certain Super Bowl from 28-3 down. Um, strangely, the same quarterback was involved on the other side of both of those occasions. Uh, but the Vikings uh, truly rose in a Christmas miracle fashion, still maintained destiny at least of that second seed, which, okay, you don't get the buy, but you do control at least home field advantage if you win on Wild Card Weekend for the divisional playoff round. So it is critical in terms of your positioning in that scenario. Brian, I'll start with you because I know you've probably analyzed this game for about 29 hours each day for the last three days. Um, but both teams really need to win this. Like, let's be clear, the Vikings need to win it, as I said, for the second seed. But the Giants need the win just to make sure and secure that postseason berth. As you rightly have up on the ticker here, they will get there and can get there this weekend if they win and you get two losses from Lions Commanders and the Seahawks. And we're already all predicting the Seahawks will lose. Yeah, and the Commanders go to, to San Fran, well, to Santa Clara to play the 49ers. So there is a, a real opportunity here for the Giants going into this game. Look, this Vikings team are having a fantastic season. Kevin O'Connell and Harry Styles, as, as Wink Martindale called them, bear in mind, Harry's, Harry Styles and... He, well, he's 37 years of age. He's going up against a 59-year-old defensive coordinator who calls himself the blue-collar guy. So it'll be interesting to see how they compete against one another, bearing in mind Kevin O'Connell is a play-caller. Well, his play-calling last week in the first half was erratic, shall we say. They did 26 yards of offense. Colin rightly called out on Monday. They couldn't get out of their way in the first half. The amount of you know, bad decisions between special teams and pick-sixes. And then the second half, 460 yards of offense. And... You know, a crazy second half game which they come back and essentially the first half has been forgotten about, which is maybe lost in the craziness of what you've discussed there around the, the largest comeback in history. But you're right, they do have to win the game. I mean, Monday's result, or sorry, Sunday night football's result in terms of the Giants winning was massive. Uh, the Giants' defence really stepped up on, as we touched on on Monday to see Kayvon Thibodeau essentially getting better and improving game by game. And we saw on um, on Sunday, what was really evident in Sunday's performance defensively was it's the f this is the first time, second time this season that they've actually had a structure in terms of the four marquee players on the on the front seven playing, and it was a real you could see immediately how effective and how it allowed Thibodeau to be in a position to go after the quarterback consistently throughout the game, and I think they can get a Cousins. I think there's uh, opportunities there when Cousins is under pressure. We see him make difficult decisions. You know, he throws interceptions and needless passes. So I can see. Again, it's a strategy how the Giants can remain in the game, which again is effective running from Saquon Barkley, allow Daniel Jones to be protected and have methodical drives, something similar to what we saw with a 97-yard drive, eight minutes off the clock on Sunday night. But will it be enough? I don't think so. I think, bearing in mind the players in which the Vikings have, in particular Justin Jefferson and Thielen, and where, where the Giants' secondary is at the moment, it wasn't really exposed on Sunday night football, but I believe over the course of four quarters, I think the Vikings... Will do enough, but the only thing is with the with the Giants, if they can remain in the game with six or seven minutes to go, and they have an opportunity to win, who knows? Bearing in mind what the Vikings have done at home this season, and Michael Lombardi this week on his podcast was hilarious. He referred to Kevin O'Connell if he ever makes a trip out to Vegas, the 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 book, the they will immediately close the doors in every every single casino because he's the luckiest head coach in the league at the moment because he just finds ways to win all these games at home. So maybe the luck will change on Sunday, but I I just think the Vikings will have too much offensively, um, to be. For the, for the Giants and the Giants will they will yep. make the playoffs but it won't be this weekend 
Yeah, he's definitely been playing the roulette table column with the the Bills game uh, as a prime example. Obviously, last week's game, even the game you were at Thanksgiving, the Patriots and the overturned Hunter Henry uh, touchdown catch. Um, who knows? Is it is it going to be uh, um, jugg- juggling the dice or dealing the cards for uh, Kevin O'Connell again this weekend? Yeah, I think the um, is it the um, I can't remember if it was two or six uh, plus two or six um, points in terms of differential that the Vikings are, and yet uh, they uh, sit at eleven and uh, three. Um, Mark, I suppose in terms of uh, you were looking for for Christmas songs. Well, uh, for the Giants, uh, to me, Chuck Berry released Run Rudolph Run in 1958. It is, if the Giants are going to win this, it's going to be Run Saquon Run. Um, But the Beach Boys, uh, just a few years later, released Little Saint Nick. And surely for the Vikings, it will be Little Saint Kirk. And we also have the mini me Kirk on the sidelines, if people have seen that. Um, they uh, they appear to uh, to be making as much as they can. They're, they're enjoying their 15 minutes of fame. But as long as the Vikings keep winning, I think that will uh, continue uh, there. I like... The Vikings make no sense. They make no sense whatsoever. Um, but sometimes that can just happen in, in a season. Uh, Leicester made no sense the year they they won the, the title, but they, they went uh, and did it. Uh, Greece made no sense when they won the Euros. Denmark made less sense again back in 92. And I just, for... They, they have, yeah, they will allow yards. Yeah, they will allow points. But you always have to worry about Justin Jefferson. And you so you you try and take him out of the game, but then Adam Thielen shows up. Um, and then they in Ham and in Dalvin Cook, um, and, uh, they have ways to, to run the ball. So um, I think this will probably be a, a close game. Uh, but ultimately, I am going to say that Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins moved to 12 wins on the year. The Giants, okay, are going to have to hope that Kayvon uh, you know, Thibodeau and that defensive line can get to Kirk Cousins and Trudy, in the words of the Spice Girls for their Christmas number one, have two become one. Uh, and uh, uh, meet him there in the backfield. Um, we could, I was trying to think of how to work in E17, stay another day, you know, classic early 90s stuff here, guys, we're going for. But the reality is, we're talking about teams coming across a little bit of a stutter in recent weeks. The Giants were, Brian, they were fall, not falling apart, but they were coming down off the high and the performance. Saquon looked, he was tired and run down. Daniel Jones wasn't making the clutch plays that he had been earlier in the season. And then last week, the bounce back win against the Commanders. And I know you called it, um, including the the little jibes when we made our picks on, on WhatsApp and you kind of called out and said, geez, that's a funny way to spell Giants uh, when I had selected the Commanders, which I did appreciate. Um, but you start to wonder, is like, okay, is that their recovery? I mean, Colm, I said it earlier in the season. I say it every season. I'm going to keep saying it. Please, people, for the love of God, never, ever bet on two teams in the NFL. The Cowboys are one. The Minnesota Vikings are the other. 
They defy logic this year in some of the games they've won. In the games they've lost, they've been absolutely annihilated pretty much. So they've never necessarily been in doubt. And it would not surprise me if the Giants overturned them. But with the way it's going, with the roll of the dice, with the extra card um, they, they pull out. Kirk Cousins reminds me a little bit of, you know, his famous, uh, do you like that? Do you like that? I mean, he's clearly the Paul Daniels. Uh, you're going to like this. Not a lot, but you'll like it uh, kind of approach. Uh, a little bit cheesy, a little bit passe, but he still manages for the most part to get the job done in a very average way. He's going to get the job done this weekend. They're going to move to 12 wins. We're still going to wonder how the hell they're on 12 wins. I agree with Michael Lombardi that Kevin O'Connell has rabbit's feet decorated around with the four-leaf clovers and everything. Um, he is running a lucky run, but you sometimes need luck as well. So, Brian, I'm afraid we're going with the Giants here. As, uh, so going with the Vikings here as well to take this game. Do you have anything else on it, Brian? I know, you've, you, as I said, you've got all the angles on it. Yeah, no, one interesting quote, and again, I don't know if Kevin O'Connell is just trying to play tricks with the, the media and I'm testing the Giants um, staff, but he, he said a number of times this week he's considering taking down the snap count for a number of players because he's obviously conscious that they're going to be in the playoffs and obviously there's bigger games to come. So one player in particular who had a really good game last week, Osborne, the wide receiver, um, he's starting to kind of get more traction, more uh, reps, and maybe he's the player that is, is one to consider for Sunday as opposed to the, the big guys such as Thielen and... And Jefferson doing all doing all the magic. We saw him score a touchdown early on, which led to the comeback last week. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he follows through on that. I, I think it's too early in, in the process to be considering reducing workloads for players. Bearing in mind, if they don't get that number two seed, inevitably they'll probably end up in San Fran or Santa Clara. Sorry for the because they would leapfrog them into second, and you don't want to go on the road. You know, as you said, it's really crucial they get the the wild card game and the divisional game at home. You're saying about uh, East 17 stay another day. Well, maybe I think it's wait another day for the Giants because it might be a week a week down the road before they secure that playoff spot when they play the Colts at home, um, more so than this weekend. But um, it'll be I imagine it'll be a really close game. Nicely done, Brian. We'll save the Parker white winter coats for another week then as well. And actually, Osborne coming on would be great because given four you know, more meaningful threats. Obviously, Jefferson is key, Thielen, Harkison, who they traded for. And Osborne, because an underrated story this season is Dalvin Cook is not producing the way he was in terms of yards after contact, yards after contact. Like all the more advanced run metrics, Dalvin Cook is not producing in the run game as he was. I see Colm's eyes light up at that one. We will debate the the pros, cons, whys and maybes of Dalvin Cook another day uh, potentially after he goes off for 200 yards against the Giants defense and makes me look really stupid. But we need to get